You can send an email. I can FaceTime with uh, some missionary friends of mine in a different country right now, and it's instant. You can go down to the select the box and say, oh, I'll select Christian. If you're new to Connection, welcome. If you've never been here before, uh, I am preaching in shorts and I don't have shoes on. So we are, uh, this is real life. This is happening. Um, we, we exist to connect with people. We connect with God's heart, the hearts of other people as we live in love like Jesus. We have decided our church is 11 and a half years old. And there are many, there are hundred, there's a hundred churches in Jefferson County. But there was a group of people that were not being reached. It's people that like popcorn. I'm just kidding. <laughs> But it has turned into some people's breakfast, okay? Uh, we, we are a, a relaxed and laid-back, relevant church that seeks, to, uh, that seeks to connect with our community on a very real, very... If you do not have five minutes, I'll just give you this warning. If you do not have five minutes or more, do not find somebody that has a Connection shirt on or that goes to Connection and ask them how their week is because they will tell you. Okay, we, we, we ju- we've just understood that, that, uh, that, that we need to be real. Jesus was very real with people, and we seek to be real. Uh, we are going to do something. It's the fourth Sunday. If you guys want to come ahead, I'll explain this. But if you are not from Connection, this is not for you. Uh, we, we keep an offering box in the back. That's how we celebrate our worship of giving. But our Touch Someone Life gift is on the fourth week. And what we do with this is we ask Connection people for change. And, and what we do is we gather it up in bags. And as I look out on the crowd and I see people that are... Uh, uh, you know, that they get really anxious and really nervous that I'm going to call on them. And I just, you know, I call on them later. I'm, I'm not going to. But if you, if you know a person in your life right now uh, that you think would benefit, can, would need a little bit of money, at the end of, the, at the end of our service, I'm going to give you um, the opportunity to say, hey, Matt, uh, there's a person like that in my life. I'll give you a slip of paper. You just email me your story. And if you have a worship handout, you can flip it over to the, to the middle. And you can actually read one of those stories. We get emails all the time from people that are sharing the gospel through, seriously, through popcorn bags of money. Uh, many people, they say, well, why in the world? Number one, Matt, you, you are a very weird, weird, weird individual. You serve popcorn at church. You, in, you, they eat it in the sanctuary. They do all this different stuff. Why do you give out bags of money? When's the last time you used money? Pretty, pretty often occurrence, right? It speaks to people. It meets people's needs. And, and when we, 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 we've seen God use this ministry uh, over the last several years, we've given away almost $20,000. And it's not yay us, it's yay God. That's a lot of quarters, by the way. That's a lot of change, uh, but we, we have sought to reach the needs. We have seen people come to Christ, develop a relationship with Jesus Christ because it all started with somebody trying to meet a need for them in their life with a bag of money. It is a blessing to be here with you this morning, and it is a joy to be able to open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to finish up chapter 4 today. I'm preaching through Hebrews. If you haven't been with us um, and, you, and you hear this morning's message and you want to... Don't, you know, don't tell me, well, that wasn't that bad. Uh, you can get on our website and you can, we archive our messages so you can, you can hear how we've been going through. I started with 1-1 in Hebrews and we're going to go through the whole thing. Um, but the word religion that he's, that he's talking about, the word religion uh, deals with ru- rules, being legalistic. Uh, you have to follow different things. I'm not saying that we shouldn't follow certain rules. But we have to remember 
that if you're a follower of Christ and you're under the new covenant blood of Jesus Christ, there's grace. Jesus very much put down the Pharisees and their way of life, thinking that they can do works and follow rules to enter heaven when Jesus, in fact, says in John 14, 6, that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and that's it. See, there's grace for our forgiveness. But this morning you see this, this wonderful title that the whole book of Hebrews we've decided is, is we're just going to title it, Jesus is Greater. Jesus is greater than our secrets. Wow. Some of you know me very well. Others of you don't know me very well at all. Maybe you've not even met me. If you're listening online, I may not met you. But Matt, you're a pastor. There's no way you have secrets. I'll just be real, real with you, okay? Everybody has secrets. And nobody's a good person. Oh, you have a lot of audacity to come in here, Matt. I'm visiting your church this morning, and we're having a good time, and all of a sudden you just tell me I'm not a good person. Here, I didn't say that. Jesus did. Take it up with him. See, when we, when we read the Bible in context of it encountering us, it's not nice. If you've, if, you've, if, if you've been dealing with something in your life and you read, you read something, even what we're going to read today in the end of chapter 4, uh, that, uh, that for the word of God is alive and powerful, it is sharpening the, the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. Let me tell you this. This is alive. You know, there's a lot of world religions, but we're the only world religion that the creator died for the creation and the, and the person that died that, our God, is living, not dead. Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon religion, I'm not, being, I'm not being sarcastic, but he died and he's still dead. Muhammad is dead. Jesus Christ is right now sitting at the right hand of our Father in heaven, waiting for God to tell him to come back and get his kids. And for that, we should just be joyed that we get to open up our Bibles and go, yeah. But when you encounter God's word, when you look into God's word as a mirror, it, re, it does not reflect you. It does not reflect, oh man, I look pretty good today. Not bad. No. When you reflect God's word at you, it says you need to fix this, man. Mm, I don't want to. You ever told God that? Yeah, about that. I know. Let's make a deal. I know none of you do that because you guys are better Christians than me. But God, God has, has pointed stuff out in me and I'm like, and in the Bible and I went, you know, that's about enough devotion for today. God, I'm done. Okay? It gets sharp. When you look into God's word and it reflects back to you, it is sharp. If you, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Hebrews 4. If you have your phone, you can get there. If you don't have either one of them, the words are going to be on the screen. But Jesus is greater than our secrets is very easy to read. Jesus is greater than our secrets. See, I'm a PE teacher. I know what the greater than sign means. Right? Jesus is bigger than anything else on the other side. So Jesus is greater. Notice behind this it says Jesus is greater. They don't even, we don't even have to put anything on the right side of that equation. We don't have to put anything on it. Because Jesus, because of his, God, because of his father raising him from the dead, is even bigger than death. And there's nothing more final than death in a human. So Jesus is greater. He's also greater than our secrets. I'm going to be really honest with you. I'm glad it's Sunday, and I'm glad it didn't snow, because I was ready to preach this sermon, because it was so, and when I say I'm ready to preach a a sermon, I'm always ready to preach a sermon, but there are some that I'm like, man, maybe somebody needed to hear this as much as I did, 
because, don't get offended when I say this, don't blow me up on social media in church. Some of us are really good at hiding things and we are really good at lying about the truth that's going on in our life. And I mean real good. We can even hide stuff from our mates. This got right, real awkward, didn't it? We, 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 we can lie. I can have a, the worst week in my life. You can too. You can walk into church because that's where the good people go on Sunday. And you walk into church and somebody goes, oh, Matt, Pastor Matt, how you doing? I had a friend of mine just wanted to get under, under my skin this week. She called me reverend. I'm like, ah. It's either my grandpa or my dad, but it's not me. Okay, I'm Pastor Matt. You can call me Matt. I don't care, okay? But now I walk into church and go, oh, Pastor Matt, how are you doing this week? You ready? <clears throat> I'm fine. Oh, good. I'm so glad. And she just goes on. When in reality, I'm not okay. I'm not fine. I've got a real good, see, I hunt. I do a lot of hunting. In hunting, most of the time, you use camouflage. And some of you don't know how good you can use camouflage in the woods because you don't hunt, but I'm telling you right now, you know exactly how to use spiritual camouflage because when somebody asks you if you're okay and God has put them in your life right then, you say, I'm fine, and you hide. You're really good at hiding. So am I. We're really good at blocking out. No, I, nothing's, nothing's wrong. Again, this is, this is me showing you that I've lived through this. My mom is the daughter of a pastor, and she's married to a pastor, and now she has a son that's a pastor. She's just trapped in the middle. And my sister is in this room right now, and we, would, we, we fought over oxygen, people. We fought over everything. Everything. We did. We argued on everything. And my mom would be, um, you know what it is? We were downstairs, and she's yelling from downstairs, Hey, quit fighting! And me and Jennifer would come upstairs and we'd be fighting in the kitchen or something. And, and then, it, it, it's, I've said this story before, but it's, it's, the, it's the coolest thing that a mom has. She's like, you guys are going to be grounded for eternity and blah, blah, blah. Me and Jennifer are going, wow, she's really mad. And the phone rings. And I'm like, oh. And we were sitting back, we're like, this is going to be good. And she's like, you guys are going to be grounded until you're dead. And the phone rings and she goes, Hello? I don't know if it's a mom class. I don't know if you go through this in mom class and you learn how to go from, you'll be grounded for eternity. Hey. Watch. My mom hid what was going on in reality with whoever was on the other end of the phone. (laughs) You think about it? You, you You call somebody, What? And, if you have, and some of us are like, oh, I've done that before. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's a really good friend and, and, and they know how your kids are because I don't know about your kids, but mine aren't perfect. Okay? They cause a lot of just issues and they fight. <laughs> what do you want? And the other person, oh, having a bad day? It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be a lot easier if we, were just, if we were just honest and understand just out front that we all have our stuff and we're really good at hiding it. We're really good. We say fine a lot. We say, oh, I'm okay. You can hide things from other people. You can keep secrets about yourselves and not ever let anybody know. But as I said last week, you are out of luck when you try to play hide and go seek with Jesus. 
you think about that? Growing up, in the Bible it says Jesus grew in stature and, and maturity and he, and he grows up. And that's basically all we know from 13 to 30. Can you imagine the games that he played with his friends? I picked Jesus. Picking teams for kickball, I picked Jesus. Yeah, yeah. He, he, for some reason we can't get him out. <laughs> And you think about this, and I, I, I don't think this is, I think, that it would just, I think Jesus was just a normal kid, but can you imagine being Jesus, being 14 or 15 years old, and say, you know what, all right, let's play a good game of hide and seek. You're playing with Jesus. Good luck. Or when they sit down, when they sit down at the table, and Mary and Joseph and, and Jesus and James are sitting there, and, and they look over at James, which would be like me and you, and go, I wish you'd be a little bit more like Jesus. See, this is, this, is, this is real. As we study this stuff today, as we study this, verse, this, section, this section of Scripture, I pray that you understand that the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you as we read this. Because this is, this is huge. And we joke about playing hide-and-go-seek with Jesus. And I, listen, I just do that so it sticks in your head. I like to use stories about my mom, about my family, about my, my, my dad and my sister. They're stories because they stick with us. Jesus did the same thing. He told stories. But sometimes our secrets can be very heavy. Sometimes our secret stuff, they don't have to be secret, just secret stuff can be very heavy. And some of you have spiritual backpacks on right now that you're never intended to carry that are insanely heavy and it's not your job to carry them because Jesus paid for it. That's why God is so good. That's why God is so good. He didn't come and say, Matt, you had a great day on March 24, 2019. I'm going to die for you on that day because that was an awesome day for you. No, Jesus looked back in my life at my secret stuff that you don't know about. And he said, on the, in the gutter of life, I'm going to die for you anyway like that. Because, Matt, I love you right where you are, but I love you too much to keep you there. I love you too much to let you stay there. So I'm going to bring people into your life that are going to challenge you. Some of you need to understand this morning that God is bigger than anything you can possibly think about that you've ever done. Look at your first blank on your, on your, in your worship handout. You fill in some of these blanks as, as we go in through our, through our uh, message. There isn't anything that you can keep from God. Now, we're really good at keeping it from other people, aren't we? If anybody would like to confess, I still don't know who TP'd me this past fall. Because you're really good at keeping it from me. Sinner. I des- uh, no, no, I deserve it. With my childhood and, my, and my, my upbringing from the ages of about 14 to, I don't know, yesterday, I, am, I, have, I have thrown my share of toilet paper, okay? God blessed me with the ability to play a little bit of baseball. The high trees, that's my, that's my jam, okay? Listen, but there isn't anything that you can keep from God. You can keep simple things. I, mean, I, I, just, I joke about TPing, okay? Like, you, can, you can keep that kind of stuff from somebody. You can keep a surprise. Maybe surprise somebody with a gift and you don't tell them who it is. You can keep that stuff, okay? And, you, and they don't ever know. But there isn't anything that you can keep from God. He knows everything about you. He knows the, the number of hairs on your head or mind, the lack thereof. He knows He knows. You, he knows you intimately. He knows your fingerprints. Let me tell you something. If he knows every single person's individuality, uniquenesses, there's no problem with him knowing your secrets. None. He's all-knowing. But we just walk around like, well, I can't see God, so he's not really there. He's there. 
And you can't keep anything from him secret. See, he knows everything about us, and knowing an answer is different than applying that answer. I talked with a person this morning before church, and they had no idea that I was going to use the word apply. You can, you can set everything that you want, but unless you push the apply button, they don't transfer over. There isn't anything that you can keep from God. There's, there's no change unless you accept that application and you, you put into that. There's nothing that you've ever done that God doesn't know about. And sometimes that scares me. Man, if that person only knew. <clears throat> if they only knew who I am, who, what I've done on the inside. We have people come into connection quite regularly and say, is the structure of your roof good? Yes. I just didn't know because I thought that I'd been out of church and I'd done so much stuff wrong that I thought it might fall in on me when I came in. You know what I tell that person here? If you knew anything about me, you wouldn't be worried about your stuff. There's the popcorn. See, you have to be real with people. That's, this is what this world is not. It's fake. It's, it's, it's false. We have to be real. We need to understand and realize that we are a work in progress. At Connection, it is okay to not be okay. That's a very, very scary thing to say, by the way, out in public. At Connection, you can come and it's okay to not be okay. If you, if you, if you don't believe me, read, read the thing that we have on our website, uh, the uh, www.connectionmtv, connections with an X, you can find it on the back of you can check out Check out our, our statement, that who we welcome. And that will give you a really good idea of who we are. Very few people in this world at very, very short instances of time are ever okay. It, and, 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 by, and by that, I mean it doesn't last forever. We've all had this feeling. Last week we talked about the Israelites going in, uh, not being able to go into the promised land because of the, the sin of unbelief. And they were, they, were, they were, God was wanting them to get to the land, the promised land, so they could, so they could rest. Okay, and we talked about what that meant. It wasn't sleeping. Okay, so they could rest. God wants you to get into that rest, except we don't believe. God, you ever, talk, you ever talk to God this way? Maybe it's just me. You know what I did, right? Okay, you realize who you're asking this question to. You know what I did, right? And God maybe not necessarily talks to you this way, but, and I'm not saying an audible voice, but I said, God, you know what I did? And he's like, I'm God. Yeah, there's anything you can keep from me. But I want to I ask you a question. If, if, you're, if you're there and you say, my stuff, I believe right now, my stuff is bigger than Jesus. I want you to look at something this morning with me. I want you to look at not my opinion, not my words. I want you to see what scripture says. So look at verse 11 in chapter 4. It's what we should strive to do. So let us do our best, the writer of Hebrews says. Let's do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall or fall short or not enter or not experience the things that God wants us to experience. How do we do our best to enter his rest? I have four words for you. 
wanted to make sure it was four. How do we do our best to enter God's rest? Ready? Stop relying on yourself. That's why ministries that we've had in our church like Celebrate Recovery work. You know why? Because it's not about you anymore. If you could get over your stuff in your life, you would have done that many years ago. And everybody would be okay because we can just cure ourselves. But if everybody could be okay, then why did God send Jesus? It was necessary. If we can all fix our stuff, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And, and people will, will use a tweezer and they'll go and they'll grab 1 Corinthians 10, 13 and say, Nope, God says that he will not allow me to be tempted beyond what I can handle. And if I am tempted that way, he'll provide a way out. So I'll run away. Listen, that verse in reality and fully texted means this. God will give you more than you can handle because it's only then that some of us hard-headed people will only look at God and say, help me. I included myself in the hard-headed. Don't elbow your spouse. But we do our best to enter God's rest and we quit relying on ourselves. When you come into worship and for the music, when you come and drink coffee and eat some popcorn and we come and hang out uh, in here during this time, or you come to connect groups, or you go to community loving, or you come to first step, whatever we do, we are to encourage, or the Bible says to exhort, E-X-H-O-R-T, to encourage people. This is a really tough question. I've worked on this this week because I was writing this sermon and God says, that's cool, you're going to say this to your people? When's the last time you encouraged somebody? I told you me and God, really, we, have to be, we hit heads sometimes. I said, well, I don't remember. <laughs> you ever answer God like that? He, he convicts you about something. When's the last time you encouraged somebody? <sighs> mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. As we do those things, we celebrate together. It is us praising God for what he's done. Listen, I don't have time to, we don't have time to everybody give, to give a thing. We're just going to take, we're just going to take a section of 10 years, 2019 backwards to 2009. How many of you, just by, just by show of hands, this is an interactive church, okay? Just by a show of hands from 2019 backwards in March to March of 2009, how many of you are spiritually better than you were 10 years ago? <laughs> Hello. Why? Well, I matured. Listen to God, maybe. All these different things. You, you've learned, you've matured in your faith as well. Okay? The Bible says stop, stop drinking the milk. You need to eat the meat of the word. You've got to eat so you grow. Look at verse 12. I love, I love scripture. For the word of God is alive and powerful. Now, I have yet to see this Bible take off and walk across my living room on its own. But inside, it's timeless. It's timeless. Luke 19, Jesus heals a beggar. In verse 40, he says, When Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. And as the man came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do? This blind man cut no corners. Jesus said, What do you want me to do? And he goes, I want to see. We're content with, Just give me what I had yesterday. This guy said, I want it all. I want all you can give me. The problem is, you have to understand that, first of all and foremost, that the Bible is timeless, it's alive, and it's powerful. Because it, and it, it's timeless because you can, we can read a story that, that's, you know, that's 2,000-ish years old. And we can read that story, and you can immediately apply it to something that's going on in your life right now. And the Bible is alive. And power, it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. 
Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. No matter where you are in life, no matter what the circumstances is, and no matter who you are, no matter how much money you have in the bank, do not know how much money you have in 401k, if you have paid off your house and you live in a house at 7,500 square feet, no matter any of that stuff, God's word speaks to you exactly where you are. Think about it. Maybe you're having a good day and a great day and God is good and, and, you're, and you're reading and some of your daily reading takes you to Psalms. Listen, some of the Psalms say this is a chorus to be sung with, with all these different instruments and it's, it's, it, it, it fits. Or you just, read, you just read a verse and the Holy Spirit just begins to speak to you and you say, God, you are, you're so good. You're so good. Like, do, you, do, do, we, do we understand what a privilege it is to do this. You ready? Watch, watch me. Is it, it's a privilege to do this. Ready? You realize you can't do this all over the world, right? You realize people are giving their lives for the gospel every day because they, they, get, they, get, they get caught for sharing the gospel. They're tortured. They're beaten. Read about Paul. That's in my, some of my reading for a discipleship group this week. All the things that they did to Paul. And they said, Paul, quit preaching. And he says, I can't. Literally. He says, I'm compelled. He's just what he says. I'm compelled to preach the gospel. Because it's mattered in my life. Listen, if there's ever been a person that has been affected immediately and with a 180 conversion, it's Paul. He goes from hunting and killing Christians to being probably the best missionary that's ever stepped foot on the planet Earth. And he allowed, he meets the resurrected Christ and Jesus goes, why are you doing this to me? How about you don't do that anymore? (laughs) And what does he say? Not a whole lot, because he was like total shock. We see in a few verses that, he's, that, he, that he gives his life. Hmm. It's sharper. God's word is able to judge the intentions of your heart. The word heart, in my, in my old school, growing up in, in church, okay, something bad could happen, and, and I heard this term about eight billion times honey bless your heart but just bless it bless your heart i'm like what do you mean bless my heart god does not talk about you or your heart that way he says listen to me i know exactly where your heart is i know exactly what you're struggling with Man, I know that you had a devotion the other day and your mind was preoccupied about the sin that you had the, next, the, the day before and you'd not repented of it. That's what I know about you, Matt. See, this is real. This is God encountering his people. Why in the world would he cut us? <laughs> why, would he, why, would, why would we use the Bible to get inside us, separating soul and spirit between the joint and the marrow? My minors in anatomy and kinesiology and health. I know about joints and marrow. I know about this stuff. It's very difficult to split the two. But not for the Bible, not spiritually. Look why. It exposes, oh, we do not like, we have not liked the word exposes since Genesis chapter 3, when God found Adam and Eve naked. Because before that, it wasn't a sin. It wasn't wasn't anything wrong with that. But when we talk about the word exposes, it is almost like a Christian cuss word. Mm, I don't have any problem. You ever talk to these people? Hey, man, how's your week going? I'm great, dude. 
Really? Because you've set a record of 114 weeks straight that your week is good. I don't even think that's possible. I don't know about them. I don't know about you, but I know about me, and I don't think that's humanly possible. I'm good, man. I'm solid. Go Jesus. What? Okay? We've always talked about the closer that you get to God, the higher the wind. Paul, you can see it in Paul's life. Arrested, thrown in prison, killed. But the Bible exposes our innermost thoughts and our innermost desires. Without the word, we are dead and hopeless. You can literally, in some countries, I'm not going to do this, but you can have a piece of a page that has scripture on it, and you can be killed for possessing it. Why? Because the Bible has the power to change your life. The Bible has the power to teach you. God's word can clean your heart. I love this. The Bible breathes life where there's death. Look at your worship handout. Talking about ourselves again. We have the ability to fool others, but you can't fool God. We are really good. People, anybody fish in here? Fish, 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 fish. Okay, it's almost, it's, they're starting to catch. There's an, I'll give you some info that I heard yesterday. Ready? 148 bridge, crappie, early morning, late night, right before dark, early morning. Good crappie bite right now. Anyway, but you go out there, and you either fake, you, you try to trick a fish by putting a hook in a minnow, and like, ooh, minnow, and they bite it, and they're like, oh, hook. <laughs> All of a sudden, ooh, I've never been here before. <laughs> You're a big guy. <laughs> yep, live well. <laughs> Second favorite baptism is fish in Greece. Okay, first one is dunk party with people. But we try to we try to catch fish with artificial bait. If you're a hunter, you use a deer decoy. You're trying to, to, to mess with this deer and this buck to come in and, and take on this guy. All the while, you're sitting up there going, bring it, dude. We, we fool all kinds of things. With AVNX decoys do a really good job at tricking mallards in the timber. You use full-body geese to trick geese to come into your spray. We do this all the time, but you do it with people every day. I could walk up to some of you and go, man, I'm having the greatest day of my entire life right now. Right now. I smile, walk away. You have no idea if I'm telling the truth or not. You can't fool God. Be walking away. God start, start speaking to me. You know you're not having a good day. That guy was put in your life so that you can trust him. He's one of your accountability partners. Matt, why don't you be real with him? If you can't be real with him, who can you be real with? Many people do not want other people to know that they have a heart. Some of us are so tough. Nothing bothers me. Mm -mm. I can watch Rudy and not cry. First of all, you're not human if you can watch Rudy and not cry. It's impossible. If you can watch where the red fern grows and not die... Not human. No, I'm, I'm joking about that. Not really. I'll ball like a baby. For the love of the game, feel the dreams, anything like that. It, Rudy, I just, I just sit there on the couch. Just cry. Some of us want to say, God, I'm, I'm tough. I can handle this. God's talking to you because you can't. 
when you come to the point that you realize that God is bigger than your stuff and you need his help, then God can get to work on your heart. Other than that, he says, if you want my hands to be off, my hands will be off. That's the scary part. With, with an ability to choose, the only special thing in creation that has the special option to choose something is us. And we can choose whether we want the physician to work on our heart. God, no. Don't touch that. We have, we have these secret sins. Look at verse 13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. Man. Some of us walk around and we don't get that scripture and we say, God can never love me for what I've done. Let me give you a little bit, just a snippet. And I've talked to all of these people with the ability to share with you. No, there'll be no names. We have had people over the last 12 years in this church that have been in federal prison. That have had DUIs. That have had affairs. That have had abortions. That have had all of these different things. And every one of them came to me when I talked to them and I said, could I ever use the things in a sermon to show people that come into connection that may be brand new what God has done? And they said, yes. They, they, were, they, said, they said, God, I need you to fix me. And God did. We've had people that over, overcome addictions that they've had for over 25 years. God has helped me overcome addictions that I've had for a long time. I know you don't know me, you see me on Sunday, man, you're a fun dude. You have no idea how much I've struggled with anger in my life. My fuse is about this long. And I don't like it. So I asked God to help me. So he began operating on me. And then he gave me children to really test me. <laughs> I want you to look at the rest of the scripture. God, you, we say God can never love me because of what I've done. In spite of all that stuff, we look at the next blank. And in spite of all those words, in spite of all of our stuff, Jesus is greater. Ooh, you get to write the greater than sign this week. It's just it's trying to mix it up. I talked to a, a guy this week and he said, he said, I believe that if a person commits murder, then they will not be able to go to heaven. Now, I wasn't being a smart aleck. I wasn't. And I said, so what you're saying is there are sins that, that overcome, they're, they're more than the blood of Christ. And he goes, I believe that if you kill somebody, then you don't, you don't deserve heaven. I said, well, first of all, none of us deserve heaven. And I said, do you think, uh, do you think Paul's in heaven? Said, Duh, he's the greatest missionary in the earth. How about Moses? Yeah. That's neat, because both of them are murderers. Then he said, well, I'm not. I said, you might want to check yourself because I am. He got real scared. Okay, he physically thought I hurt someone. And he goes, really? And I said, Jesus' words in the New Testament say that if you've hated someone in your heart, you've committed murder. You see, when we compare ourselves to the Ten Commandments, the very first one that we say that we haven't done is kill somebody. Yeah, you have. You're, you're guilty of murder. You're guilty at looking at my, I know that I am. Mary and I have been looking for a house and praying for a long time about something a little bit bigger. I have three girls in my house and one bathroom. Just keep praying for me, okay? It's almost summertime, so, you know. 
I don't, I don't know. Anyway, uh, but we'll, we'll drive by somebody's house and say, oh, we just, got a, we just got a brand new house. Yay. Good for you. I've coveted that stuff. In spite of all of our stuff, Jesus is still bigger. Look at, four, look at verse 14. So then, so, so it goes into a switch, and, and, and what it, I really like to read this scripture in, in the first 11, 12, and 13. We're sitting there going, I have stuff. Nobody can help me. I have stuff. Nobody can help me. Um, the end is near, and the sky is falling, and all this negative junk, and boom. Why is God so good? Look, verse 14. So then, since we have a great high priest. Who is that? It's capitalized. Who is it? Jesus. Here, let's ask that question again. It's okay to say something. Who's our high priest? See, some of us are timid. Okay, I understand this is church, and we're, and we're timid to say the word Jesus. But we need to get really used to that, because whenever Satan comes at us, we don't, Satan comes at you full force and go, um, Jesus. Scripture calls him a lion. You think spiritual things are just lax. The Bible said he, roars, he roams around like a lion, seeking to whom he may devour. This is National Geographic, cheetah and the gazelle. It's not pretty. Nature is very hard. We have a high priest, and his name is Jesus. Look, who has entered heaven post-resurrection. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. The writer is talking to these people, and he said, Don't let yourselves be shaken. Hold on. And some of, you, some of you have been battered around by the wind and the waves and the stuff, and you've hit rocks, and you've hit all kinds of different stuff. And the only thing that I can tell you, because you won't tell anybody else, <laughs> if you're listening to this and you have this stuff, I want you to do this. I want you to hold on. And I know how hard that is. Because you're, you're holding on, and you see your fingers start to slip can I just ask you to do something? If you have your fingers starting to slip off of what you're holding on to, will you contact somebody in this church? Because at Connection, we seek to do this. And I'm being real. We have to show each other. We exhort, we encourage for other people to hold firmly to what we've believed. Romans 10.9 says, Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart and you shall be saved. Wow, Matt's a great opinion. It's not my opinion. It's God's word. We have to hold firmly. Because you walk around and you say, I don't know about, I don't know if I was really saved and I have all this doubt. Listen, it's Satan. First John, the whole thing says, I want, God says, I want you to know whose you are. I want you to know that. Look at verse 15. The high priest of ours understands our weakness. No, Jesus, you don't understand all this. Why? Why does he understand? For he faced all the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. Why can you trust that Jesus is greater than your stuff? He went through everything that, uh, that we have, and he didn't fall. In fact, he goes to as far as being tempted by Satan, and everything that he answers Satan with is direct, quote, scripture. Satan says, just kneel before me, and all this be yours. And Jesus looks at him, and he said, one day every knee will bow and confess that God is exactly who he says he is. Satan promises, you have all this stuff. Can you imagine what Jesus is thinking? He knows where he's from. He knows his hometown's heaven, right? So Satan says, you can have all this world stuff, this junk. This is a junkyard. 
And in the back of his mind, he goes, my dad owns cattle on a thousand hills, bro. No. Yet he did not sin. Look at verse 16. So let us come boldly. I run to the throne room. I run to the throne room. Huh. That should be a song. Wait. We just sang it. I fall on my face with angels. And I cry, holy, holy, holy. When's the last time that you just bowed your head and said, God, I'm not even worthy to say your name. I'm not worthy to open your word because you say I can, because I'm bought with the blood of Christ to understand what you've done for me. Look at this. It says, there we will receive his mercy and and we, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Because of Jesus, the righteous judgment of God has been turned into radical mercy. Bring your stuff boldly. Come boldly before God. I had a person last week that said, I'm going to have a test, Matt. I'm going to have this going on, and, and it, I'm, I'm terrified. I said, I'll pray for you. And listen, it wasn't because of me, but God says he listens when his people pray. So I prayed for her, and I kept praying for her all week. And there's more people praying than me. And we came this morning, and I said, hey, how you doing? And they said, there's no tumor there. <laughs> that just happens, right? Come on. You're talking about the great physician that raised people from the dead. Look at the last blank in your worship handout. You are to run to the throne of God. I've had a bad week. I've had this. Contrary to popular belief, you do not get over your stuff faster if you blow up Facebook like you're 10 foot tall. Well, I just have a problem with the PE teacher at Somersville. He's just an idiot. That'd be me. Talk to me. You could be 16 feet tall behind a keyboard. God knows exactly who you are. When instead of we have that kind of stuff, we have we have different things. There have been people that have been praying for other people in our church this week. That there have been some announcements that come out. Just like, holy smoke, this is nothing except the absolute hand of God. And it's because people we have here, and they seek to go, they intercede. And we think, man, when the Bible says we don't have the words to pray, that Jesus intercedes to God for us. When we don't even have the words to say, he prays for you. Are you kidding me? I'm not very special, man. Really? Because if you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Son of God praying for you. I know you don't think it's a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. Jesus is probably a really good prayer. I would assume. He said one of the most famous prayers ever in the history of ever. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's him. That, that's, that's Jesus. We're to run to that throne. God is literally saying, I want you to come to me. I want you to bring me your stuff. I want you to lay it down. I want you to turn around. And I want you to walk away, Matt. No backpacks. No stuff in your pockets. Walk away. And maybe this morning that you're, you're having a tendency to think that man I'm, I'm not as bad as so and so I'm not as bad as so and so one sin is enough to consider yourself not a perfect person God doesn't see the, the grade levels that we give sin he sees sin period sin and he says I sent my son to die for that sin 
And as Jesus hung on the cross, he saw all of our stuff flash before him as God's wrath was poured out on him. And yet he stayed there with the ability to call down legions of angels and completely just evaporate earth. He stayed and he gave up his life. Maybe there's somebody in your life that you need to humble yourself and you need to go to them and you need to ask them to forgive you. Maybe you were a jerk. I told somebody this morning that I didn't mean, I hate texting. There's no, there's no contextualization. There's no inflection of voice. And I said, hey man, I, didn't, I wasn't being sarcastic. He goes, oh yeah, I know. All right, I just want to make sure. <laughs> so we need to humble ourselves and go apologize. Others of us need to seek out those people that have asked us to forgive us. And you're like, mm, just not now. You need to go to them and say, hey, I forgive you. One of the hardest things I've ever done in my entire life, and I've done it multiple times, is to look at somebody and say, I forgive you. One of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. But it's worth it. God's bigger than our stuff. Jesus is bigger than our secrets. If you don't know who Jesus is, we do things just a little bit different here. If you don't know who Jesus is, we, I, I, want, I want to explain to you who he is. If you have questions, I'd love to answer them. I'll be over here after the service is over, but we have... Uh, but if, you, if God has been dealing with you, or maybe you say, hey, I just need you to pray for me, you come over here. I'll talk to you. I want to I talk with you. If we have more than one person, I'll grab some other guys and, and ladies, and we can, we can talk with you. But maybe this morning, you're listening online, listening in here, first or second service, God is saying, you know what? Sermon's for you. Sermon's for you. I feel that every week. <laughs> God, I'm just a work in progress. I'm, I'm just a broken piece of parts. I need you to put me back together. We have... Those offering bags. We have two bags. Yeah. For people, for people that have never been here before, the nickels and dimes and quarters that we asked for, there's two bags of 65, 40, and there's 130 bucks given today. Uh, anybody have people in their life that they can share this with? Come on, Pam. Anybody else? One more. I'll start picking. Somebody that's never given one away, want to? Go ahead. Yeah. Thank you. Guys, let's, let's pray. God, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you for the, the love that you show us. God, we thank you for the verses in Hebrews. We thank you for the, for the, the writer showing those people and, and showing us, because your Bible is living, uh, how you move, how you work, and how much you love us. God, if there's, if there's junk in our life, and there probably is, God, would you just deal with us? Would you let us read in your word that, and understand that you want, you want to... You want to separate that stuff. You want to dig deep with us, and you want to make us, God, who you want us to make, want us to be. God, we love you. We're thankful, God, for you, for this church, for these people. God, we're uh, so thankful that we can get together and worship with you, and worship you. In your name, we pray. Amen.